hold what the culture and the custom of the church is, we do stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. We want to thank the Lord because Christ is risen. Amen. And so you're going to read, read with a loud voice, as loud as you can, loud enough for your neighbor to hear you. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Let's go one to go. For Christ has redeemed us from the cross of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the three. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Jesus, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. We get to read it one more time. Galatians 3.13, let's go again. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the three. 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we all may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Praise the name of the Lord. I say, Praise the name of the Lord. Christ is risen. And on that resurrection day, the blessing of Abraham was released. And our prayer today is as, as you leave this door, you will come to the full understanding that you were blessed at the resurrection day. Praise the Lord. And so I bring you the word of the Lord. I have entitled, Blessed at Resurrection. Why don't you celebrate God in the beauty of his word? Blessed at resurrection. With your eyes closed, we pray. Lord in heaven, we thank you for your word that is about to come. We ask, O oh Lord, that the eyes of our understanding be opened, that we may be able to comprehend that in which you have for us. Thank you, Lord, because you've always heard us when we pray, and today shall never be an exception. And to as many that will say aloud our amen, we ask that they will experience blessing at this resurrection day in the name of Jesus. You may have your seats. Amen. Turn to two people and tell them you were blessed at resurrection. Two people, I was blessed at resurrection. Blessed at resurrection. Blessed at resurrection. Amen. Alright, if you have a pen and you have a paper, I would advise that you bring them out. We're going to be doing a little bit of study that our eyes may be, our understanding may be open. Remember what the vision of the church is. We're expected to bear fruit and grow deep roots. Amen. And before I go on, I want to use this opportunity to welcome everyone who are watching us online on Facebook and other social media and everyone who will be listening to us much later. We want to pray that this blessing will reach you wherever you are in the name of Jesus. Blessed at resurrection. For the purpose of this teaching this morning, we're going to look at three categories or three areas. We're dividing this into three areas. Number one, we're going to look at what the scripture called the major feast of the Israelites or what the scripture called the holy convocation. The secondly, then we're going to look at when the holy convocation were carried out back in the days of the Israelites. And thirdly, then we're going to look at how this feast or holy convocation played their part during the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus and how it released what is called the Abrahamic blessing on everyone. Amen. Please turn to your neighbor one more time. Tell him you were blessed at resurrection. 
Now, if you need to write this down, write it down. Number one, one of the feasts was called the Passover. Say with me, the Passover. Let me turn to this side. Say with me, the Passover. Now, other scriptures call it the feast of the first, the feast of the unleavened bread. It was one of the major feasts that were celebrated in Israel. The second feast, which you know, is called the Sabbath. Say with me, the Sabbath. I wish it could be a little louder. The Sabbath. You are not preaching, you are only responding. The Sabbath. Now, the third feast, which we're going to dwell on this morning, is called the Feast of the First Fruits. The Feast of the First Fruits. You may do well to repeat with me. The Feast of the first fruit. Let's take now one more time. The feast of the first fruit. Now, Exodus chapter 13, verse 3. The Bible spoke to God speaking to Moses and said to Moses, And Moses, you shall say to the people, Remember this day in which the Lord God delivered you from Egypt. Now, the story you know very well. The children of Israel spent 400 years in Egypt in captivity. And the Lord God said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him, Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people go. For every time he made that statement, he said, let them go that they may serve me and hold a holy convocation before me. It wasn't just let them go because he wanted to free them. That they may serve him and hold a holy convocation before him. And so when God delivered the children of Israel, and they were about to leave Egypt. And the Lord God said to Moses, Let these people think when they get to Canaan that their hands have delivered them. And so he said to Moses, You will tell them, Remember this day in which the Lord went up before you and delivered you out of bondage. For by strength of hand of who? Of the Lord where you were delivered. So the Passover was celebrated so that they can remember that it was not by their power that they left Egypt. Do you understand that? So if you want to write it down, Passover reminded them that they were delivered by God out of Egypt. Amen. Praise the Lord. The second feast, I said it was called what? The second feast was called Leviticus 23 verse 3. The scripture says, six days shall you walk. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day shall be a Sabbath of a solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work in it. It is a Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So the Sabbath was instituted so that people can have time to serve the Lord. Number three, the third feast is called the Feast of the First Fruits. Now I'm going to dwell a little longer on this. The feast of the first fruit, Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 to 2. Now I want you to pay attention because we're going to dwell so much on this so that you have a grasp of what the feast of the first fruit is. If you understand it, then you will know what transpired at the resurrection day. Read with me. The scripture says, let me read Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 and 2. This is God speaking. It says, and it shall be. When you come to the land which the Lord is going to give you as an inheritance. Now, let me sound a note of warning. When God instituted this tree, they had not yet left Egypt. So they were about to leave Egypt to the promised land. And God says, it shall be when you get to the promised land in which you shall possess and dwell in it. Verse 2. He says, 
that you shall take some of the first of the produce of the ground. You shall take some of the first of the produce of the ground. He says you shall put it in a basket and you shall take it to where I want you to go. Leviticus 23 verse 9 expressly explains that. Moses speaking again, the Bible says, And God said to Moses, Say to the children of Israel, and say to them, When you come to the land which I will give you, and you will what? Reap the harvest. Now God was telling the children of Israel, When you get to Canaan, you are not going to struggle to reap whatever comes from the land, because I have blessed the land before you. Now watch what he says. He says, when you shall reap the harvest, then you will bring the shelf of the first fruits of your harvest to who? To who? To who? To the priest. Now let me explain how that was done. When a man goes to his ground or to his field, on the day of the first fruits, on the day which the feast of the first fruits was celebrated, now God did this so that the children of Israel will know that the ground in which they are tilting from is not by their power to it to produce. Now, back then, the fact that you go to your farmland and you tilt the ground and you take the first produce and you go to the market and you sell or you eat, there was no guarantee that when you go back to that same land, that that land will remain fruitful. Locusts may have taken it. People may have taken it. Anything could have happened. You can take the first fruit and eat it and sell and do whatsoever. But there was no guarantee you have the third, the second, the fourth, or the another fruit afterwards. So what God was saying to the children of Israel, when you take the first fruit, don't think by your hand that land produced. It is I that bless the land before time. But he said to them, when you bring me the first and you give it to the priest. The priest does what we call the wave offering. He waves it and then gives it to God. And the person leaves with a sure guarantee that when he goes back to that land to tilt it, that land can never be barren. Amen. I said that land can never what? Be barren. So the first fruit was celebrated so that the people can have a guarantee when they go back to whatever they planted. And so the Lord said to Moses, for everything that shall come out of the womb shall be mine, whether beast or animal. So when they also took, when they also take the animals and they sacrifice the first, the fact, the fact that your cow gave birth the first time doesn't mean he will give birth again. If you're into agriculture, you will see. So when they take the first, give it to the priest, the priest waves it and give it to the Lord. Everything that pertained to production on that cow, that cow can never be barren again. So what the first fruit does, it guarantees the blessing of what comes after it. Amen. First fruit does what? It guarantees the blessing of whatsoever comes after it. This is how it works also. So a man gives his first child as a first fruit. The second becomes blessed. The third becomes what? Blessed. The fourth becomes what? Blessed. Everything that comes after it is what? blessed. I can't hear you. Everything that comes after is what? Now, do you get the concept? So, when we say we're paying first fruit, it's not as if we don't know. It is not as if we don't know what we're doing. God was covenanting this so that the children of Israel will know that he's preserving you on the job that you have because you have given him what he covenanted with him. So, the fact that I pay or I take my first fruit what guarantee is it that when I go back to that same job, I will be on that job? 
But God is saying, if you can trust me enough for the first, I will guarantee the what? The rest. Remember, they made this covenant before they left Egypt. So it is not when you get the job that you start to, you know, tell God what you do. It was a trust on the Lord. Amen. I say amen. Now, why did they pay first fruit? The Bible says, Exodus chapter 34, verse 22. Exodus chapter 4, 22. It says, for you shall observe the first fruit of the week of, of the weeks of the first fruit of the wheat and the feast of the gathering of the year. Verse 24. He says, for I will cast out all nations. Exodus 34, 24. For I will cast out nations before you and enlarge your world, your borders. Romans chapter 11 verse 16 it says for if the first fruit is holy then the rest will be holy now I'm painting this so that you can have a grasp of what the first fruit is because it's going to be very key in understanding your place of blessing so if the first fruit is holy what happens to the rest what happens to the rest so if a man gives his first fruit what happens to the rest the rest becomes automatically blessed a woman called Anna in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 21, the Bible says, when she was barren, she said to herself, if God, when God blessed her with a child, she took it and offered the child as a form of first fruit. 1 Samuel 2 verse 21, and the Bible records that God blessed Anna with three more sons and two daughters. Now, let's get to the crux of the matter. Now, I needed you to understand those three events. The first were called the Passover. The second, the what? The third, the what? The feast of the first fruit. Now, all these events are usually celebrated at the beginning of the year. All these events are usually celebrated at the beginning of the year. Two of them, the Sabbath and the feast, the Sabbath and the Passover, you dare not walk on that day. You cannot do any other thing on that day. And as far as they're concerned, before that day comes, a day before it, we call it the day of preparation. Since you cannot cook on that day, you are given a day before that time to do all the cooking, all the sweeping, everything you need to do. It's called the what? The day of preparation. I'm just, this is just a foundation where we get to the death, the burial of Jesus, we understand better. So let me, let me test our knowledge now. If Friday happens to be Sabbath, which day of the week is going to be the day of preparation for Sabbath? I can't hear you. Thursday, because on Thursday you need to do all the things you need to do before Friday. Now let me test those on this side. If Tuesday is a day of preparation for Passover, which day of the week, if Tuesday is a Passover, which day of the week is the day of preparation for Passover? Monday. Do we get it now? So a day is given for you to prepare against the feast of the Passover or the Sabbath. But on the feast of the first fruit, there is no restriction. It is the day a man goes to his farmland, bring the produce, and goes straight to the priest. And when that is done, nobody dare touch what is belonging to God. So when I reap it, if it's a grape, if it's fruit, nobody can see me on the road and say, can I touch or have a taste? You cannot. I cannot allow any other person to touch it until it gets to the world, to the priest. Now, having that understanding, let's look at the events that happened during the death, the burial of Jesus Christ. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. Now, let's look at what the scripture says. Or first, let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 
Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29. Now, listen to what he says. He says, for whom he did for new, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of who? Of his son. That he may become the what? That he may become the what? Now, who was the scripture referring to? So, Jesus is the firstborn. Agreed? So, he said, for Jesus is the image of God and he has become the firstborn of many brethren. Now, Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, put it in another way. Now, if Jesus is the firstborn, the question I ask then, who are his brethren? Now, he says, for Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over how many creation? All creation. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 20. Let me show you something that's going to shock you a little. Now, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20. It says, but now, Christ is what? Is Christ risen today? So, he said, now, Christ is what? From where? And he has become the what? He has become the what? Of what? So Christ is the firstborn and he has become the what? And remember the feast is if the first fruit is offered, what happens to the rest? The rest becomes automatically blessed. If you can identify where God or Christ became the first fruit. Oh God. Now we're going to go deeper now. You're going to have an understanding. Remember what was said. If the first fruit is offered, if you are the second born or the third born or the fifth born, you automatically become blessed because the first has been what? Offered. The scripture calls Jesus the first born of, of the Lord. And it also says he became the first fruit when he rose from death. How did that happen? That is why we're going to unveil that today. When you have that understanding, you will know how so blessed you are in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I say amen. So first Corinthians says, For Christ is risen from death, and he has become the first fruit of those that slept. Now let's go down and look at the events that happened when Jesus died. I'll take you to John chapter 18. John 18 verse 28. Now come with me now. John 18 verse 28. Now I want you to read very carefully. I want you to read with understanding. He says, then they led Jesus to where? To Cephas, to the Praetorium. And it was when? Early in the morning. But what happened? Read with me. Read louder, please. But So they themselves did not go into the Pilate's courtyard. Why? So that they will not defile themselves, but they may do what? So they may eat of the Passover. Can you see that? Remember we say, when a day is a day of preparation, you keep yourself from defilement. Now, Jesus died on what day? On the Friday, which we have established. Jesus died on the Friday. Now, this day was referring to Friday. Remember, everything about his event happened and ended on that Friday. The arrest, everything happened on that Friday. So when they led him to Pilate, the priest could not go in. Because it was the day of preparation, they did not want to defile themselves. John chapter 19 verse 14. In, on that same day, he explains it deeper. Now watch this. He says, I want you to read with me with a sense of understanding. Read louder. Now, it was what? 
the day of preparation for what? So if Jesus died on Friday, which was a day of preparation for what? Which day of the week was Passover? Which day of the week was Passover? So it means the following day, which was Saturday, was going to be what? Passover. Are you with me? So he says, for Jesus died on Friday, which was the day of preparation for Passover. So they did not go in lest they defile themselves. So the following day, Saturday, is what? Is Passover. And on Passover, you can't go out. You can't touch the dead. You can't do anything. So that explains why the priests and all the Pharisees, they had to kill Jesus on Friday. Saturday was a no for them. Once Jesus is alive to Saturday, they can't touch him because it was the Passover. And so you can't defile anybody on Passover. Are you with me now? I want you to grasp it. Now, if that day or that week was the week of Passover, remember we said, that every event, the feast of the first fruit, the Passover and the Sabbath will happen on that same week. I forgot to take you to where the scriptures spoke in Leviticus. He says, for the feast of the first fruit shall be celebrated on the first day of the week immediately after Sabbath. That is when the feast of the first fruit is celebrated. The day after Sabbath, which is the first day of the world of the week. Now hold that carefully. Now, so Jesus, the event of Jesus started on Friday. And it happened to be the what? Day of preparation for Sabbath. So they hurriedly killed Jesus so that it will not fall on Saturday. Now, let me shock you a little now. Go to verse 30 and verse 31. Since we are doing this together, I want us to read together. Verse 30. Now, verse 30. Let's read aloud. So... When Jesus received the sour wine, he did what? He said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the word, the ghost. Verse 31. Therefore, because it was what? The preparation day that the body should not remain on what? On which day? On what? On Sabbath. So, verse 30 calls that same day, the day of preparation for what? I can't hear you. For what? Now, remember in verse, in, verse, in verse 14, he calls it the day of preparation for what? Passover. Now, it was about the first time, or coincidentally, the Sabbath day and the Passover day fell on what? On the same day. So, Friday was the day of preparation for what? And I want you to understand it. If you don't get it, you won't live here with a better understanding. So, Friday was the day of preparation for Sabbath. Also the day of preparation for what? For Passover. If Saturday was Sabbath, which day of the week is going to be the feast of the first fruit? Please clap for yourself. Now read with me. Let's go to verse 41. Verse 41 said, when Jesus had died, a man called, a man called um, Joseph the Arimathea and Nicodemus that saw Jesus by death. Because you cannot have a dead body hanging on the tree on the Sabbath day. It was not possible. You defiled the land. So they went to Pilate and got a permission. And they took the body of Jesus and there was a tomb close to him and they buried Jesus. If the day had passed, every man that buried Jesus will have found himself defiled. So they quickly buried Jesus before the Passover day. Now, let me just, let's dip deeper now. Jesus died on Friday. On Saturday was the Sabbath day. Nobody could go out. Am I correct? It was also the Passover day. You cannot go out. 
So Mary and Mary Magdalene would have loved to go to Jesus' tomb. But the Bible records they couldn't go on Saturday because of what? Of Sabbath. Now you understand. So the next day they had what? Which day? The first day of the week, which is Sunday, and which also falls on what? The feast of the first fruit. On that day, what men do is to go to their land, reap the harvest of the ground, and go to the priest. The priest will receive it, wave it to the Lord. Everything that concerns or comes after becomes blessed. So when men were busy going to the land to reap the, fruit, the, the first fruit, Mary was busy looking for Jesus. So people were taking their the first produce and waving it and guaranteeing blessing everything that came. If you have a first son, you offer him as the first fruit. The second son becomes blessed. The third son becomes blessed. The generations after that becomes blessed. Do you understand? Now, let's look at John chapter 20 verse 1. Now, I want you to read aloud and have this understanding. John 20 verse 1. Are you ready? Now, let's read. What does it say? Now, which day? What day? which happens to be today and the first day of the week is the week of what where people give their first fruit the bible says mary went early in the morning went to look for jesus but the body had gone because jesus had risen amen so because jesus had risen what mary did not understand that the scriptures according to first chronicle chapter 15 verse 20 that jesus have risen from the ground he was not the risen christ he became the first fruit of God. So when people were giving their first fruit, God for the first time, he had a harvest that came from the ground. So when God have a harvest, what is he supposed to do? Oh God. If Jesus was the first fruit, so it was expedient that God would take Jesus and offer him as a first fruit so that everybody after Christ will become blessed. Now look at verse 16. Hold it there. Look at verse 16. So when Mary was looking for Jesus, he could not find Jesus. Every other disciples went back home. But she stood her ground and she went nowhere. Now, I want you to read very well verse 16. Because Mary was having a conversation with Jesus. But did not understand it was Jesus until Jesus called her name. Now, read verse 16. So, let's read verse 16 loud enough. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and she said, Rabboni, which means teacher. So she recognized Jesus for the first time. Verse 17. So now I want you to give it to us in the New Living Bible, the New Living Translation. Now let's read verse 16. Let's go back to verse 16. He said, so Mary said to Jesus, Mary, Jesus said, so she turned to him and cried out what? Rabboni. Let's read aloud, which in Hebrew means what? Teacher. So when Mary saw Jesus, out of excitement, she went to grab Jesus. Remember, when a man harvests the first fruit and is going to the priest, nobody dare touches the first fruit until he gets to the priest. So Mary, out of excitement, wanted to cling to Jesus. Jesus should naturally want to cling to her. But he understood he became the harvest of God. And until he shows himself to God, nobody could touch him. So he said to Mary, Mary, I wish I could touch you, but don't touch me. Why? Because I am yet to present myself to the Father as the first fruit of the resurrected. Oh God. Do you understand? So that when you read these stories, they are not just mere lines of words. Now he says, Mary, don't touch me. Jesus said, he says, I haven't yet ascended to who? 
No, come again. To who? So, so who is the father of Jesus? So God is the father of Jesus. So he said, I am yet to go to my father so that my father can present me to God so that my brothers and sisters will be blessed. Who then are the brothers and sisters? Read on. He says, but go to my what? brothers and tell them I am ascending to who? And to whose father? So are you the brother or sister of Jesus? So when he is offered... get it now. So when Jesus was offered as the first fruit, what transpired in the spirit is God received him as the first. Took him and waved him as a wave offering and gave him as a first fruit offering so that every other person that comes, whether you be a man or a woman, so that every other person that rises, whether you're a man or a woman, you become guaranteedly blessed. So at resurrection, it was not just God, Jesus raising up from death and going to heaven. It was the release of the Abrahamic blessing that the scripture may be fulfilled that cost is Jesus who hung upon the tree. That the blessing of Abraham may do what? May come upon the Gentiles. Tell two people I am blessed at East Ham. I am blessed at resurrection. I am blessed at resurrection. Do you have a clue now? So that when you're reading this, you know where you are in Christ. The Bible says, for he was the first of the resurrected. So he called Mary, my, what did he call Mary? He says, I'm going to my father and that father is also what? Your father. Now let me shock you a little. Let's get a deeper understanding of this. Now, this is also good because it's going to serve as an altar call. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20. I want to show you something. He says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and he has become the what? The first fruit of those who did what? So, the first fruit of those who are asleep, which means... The first fruit of those who have resurrected. Do you get it? No, you don't get it. Let me have you, sir. Let me explain better. Let me, one of you. Now, Jesus became the first fruits of those who resurrected. Let me have another person. So, if this is Jesus, did Jesus die or not? So, he died and he resurrected. Is that correct? So he says, when he died and resurrected, he became the first of those who resurrected. If this man claims to be part of the Abrahamic blessing, the question we'll ask him, has he died before? Have you died before? He's confused. He can't even say it. No, his answer is, if you died before, then your wife will leave you today. Because she won't be sure she's married to a dead man. Amen. So if Jesus is the first of the resurrected, the question is, have you died before? He's not sure. He can't answer. He has not died before. Let me have you, sir. Please come, sir. Now, this is going to be an eye-opening thing. Have you died before? You have not died before. So this is Jesus. Jesus has died. And he has what? resurrected. So every other person that will be part of this Abrahamic blessing must be what? Must have died and have resurrected. So you, you can't stay in line. So move backwards. Just move backwards. Because they cannot stay in line. So who are those that are going to be partaker of this Abrahamic blessing? 
it is not when you die, it is when you know that you die. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. These people are what Paul was praying for earnestly. Paul says, I am praying for you that the eyes of your understanding may be what? Enlightened. That you will know what the hope of his calling is and the glory of the inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And Paul was praying for every one of us and said in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of the power this man released according to the working power of the Lord. Verse 20. Watch what it says. Which he released when he was raised from death. Now, they are not standing in line. But I tell you, I can stand in this line because I have experienced death before and I have resurrected before. I will show you. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Now, you do me a favor. When, your eye, when the eyes of your understanding are opened, I want you to join us in this line. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Are you ready? So, Jesus has died. I take my place as the second person that resurrected from Christ. Now, God is reading these scriptures to them. Let's read it together. I want to go. Or do you not know that as many of you that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Ah. Verse 4. What does it say? Therefore, you were well. Can you be buried without dying? So, therefore, you are what? Were buried with him through what? baptism into his death. So just as Jesus rose up from the dead, so you should walk in that mindset that you died and rose up with him so that the Abrahamic blessing may come to the first, may come to the second, and may come to the third. Celebrate the Lord. Give God praise in the house this morning. Amen. Now, it is the eyes of your understanding open. We did not know this all the while. All we celebrated was what Jesus died for our sins. The sins, if all Jesus came to do was to die for our sins, then there's no way the scripture will say by his stripes we were healed. Now, one of the things you don't understand is when a man is being offered as a first fruit, there is a lamb that is being sacrificed. It's usually called a Passover lamb. What every member of the house does is to lay their hands upon that lamb before it is slain. Every sin, every weakness, every difficulty that you've had, every past, every failure is transferred onto that lamp. Every cost of your family is transferred upon that lamp. Every limitation you have is transferred upon that lamp. Every failure of marriage, every failure and sicknesses is transferred upon that lamp. So that when the lamp is slain and the blood is released, every cost of yours is released out. And that is why the scripture called Jesus the Passover lamp. And it says, for this reason, he died on the cross that he became a cause for us. For it is written, cost is any man that hangs upon the tree. That the blessing of Abraham may come upon you, which are the Gentiles. Celebrate the Lord because you were truly blessed at resurrection. As I bring the service to a close, that the eyes of our understanding may be open, that we may be able to comprehend with the saints what is the depth and, and length and height of his love. This morning, God has revealed to us that on that resurrection day, blessings were released. The Abrahamic blessings were released to us. And as your amen comes as thunder, you shall be partaker of that blessing in the name of Jesus. The theme 
of this service is the ultimate experience that I may experience the power of his resurrection. At this point, I will please ask that all eyes be closed. If you are yet to experience that power that raised Jesus Christ from death, I want to know this Jesus and have the experience and the mighty power that raised him from the death. It may have been so long that you had this experience. We've left the first love. Why don't you begin to pray to the Lord this morning and say to the Lord, I have left the first love. Grant me another chance for he is the God of the second chance that I may know you and experience the power of your resurrection. That I may be able to comprehend with the saints what is the inheritance in glory. Just speak to the Lord in a few minutes and tell him, I have departed the place. I have left the love. I have left that which you called me in the first place. But receive me just the way I am. Speak to the Lord. It may be a while that you left the place of prayer. Just speak to the Lord and say to him, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the blessing that was released on the resurrection day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And so Lord in heaven, we we'll thank you for your word that has come this morning. We we'll thank you because the eyes of our understanding is open that we are able to know that on the resurrection day we were blessed. And we we'll thank you for this ultimate experience and our prayer is every limitation and every failure, every weakness that we've experienced before now, we we'll cast it on the first fruit so that we may receive the Abrahamic blessing in the name of Jesus. For cursed is the man that hangs upon the tree. Lord, we thank you for the blessings of the cross and we walk in this newness and no devil will take away this knowledge in the name of Jesus. Blessed be to the name of the Lord for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Why don't you say a louder amen before the Lord. Have you been blessed this morning? Jesus is the first fruit and he was released so that you can be blessed. And our prayer is we will go in the knowledge of this might and the Lord will rot himself in the name of Jesus. All right.